excited to start this book podcast as I am going to rank the six Jane Austen novels after listening and reading the books in less than two months. It was a marathon, indeed, with break days in between, just to take a breath of reality. I know there are real Jane Austen's fans out there who studied her works and some even wrote fan fiction uh, stories. I'm just an ordinary reader, though I felt like I really should have read these books earlier in my life. If only I knew this in college or school, maybe I could have related more to the stories because of the fact that her heroine in these stories are from ages 16 to 21 years old, and the oldest was 28, I guess, the heroine in Persuasion. Alright, in a serious academical tone, all of these novels are themed on feminism. Jane Austen was viewed as a feminist because of her works. Yes, she's a feminist and she never married. I love her works. It's like even when I would have my own kids, I would encourage them to read this type of romance books. Her romantic novels are classy, satirical, no sex scenes to make it romantic, no extreme violence, and with innocent women and noble men. One that is very rare in our society. Alright. So with no further ado, here is my ranking of the six romantic classics of Jane Austen's works. Drum rolls, please. Disclaimer, people. The list underwent a great deliberation and it mainly revolves on the factor of the plot, characters, and length, and personal desire. Number six, Sense and Sensibility, Eleanor and Marion. I don't know who has sense and who has sensibility, or was it they lack both? I thought it would be the same novel about marriage and parties, but it was more of a suspense and a series of twisted plots. I'd like to believe that Jane Austen really had put much effort in fixing the resolution of the story. She solved every issue, like explaining it to a five-year-old what had happened in the end. In the story, I personally prefer the character of Eleanor, which was somehow a sensible one at a young age. However, the character progression of Marion was unexpectedly impressive. Of course, she had a near-death experience which puts sense on the change of her heart. The funny thing about the story was that I realized that Jane Austen could be the probable author of the phrase, that awkward moment. That was a scene when Edward Ferris walked into the room and saw the two girls, Lucy and Eleanor, talking side by side. It was awkward for Eleanor, but it was embarrassing for Edward and for Lucy. No one knows how she felt that moment because she's literally playing dumb in that story. This story is not for you if you want a truly romantic experience. I think that this is my least favorite among other novels 
that I had read from Jane Austen. It also have few walks episodes and less balls scenes. Important takeaway is that do not trust a guy named Willoughby, no matter how perfectly he sweeps you off your feet, like literally. Number five, North Anger Abbey. The last book I read and the first book written by Jane Austen, but published after her death. I am excited to tell you about this book because I watched first the movie and then months thereafter, I was able to listen to the audiobook and sometimes I shift to reading the book actually reading the book. I think that this is the last book of Jane Austen that I had finished and I feel like I am going to miss her writings and yes, I will miss her. And the words such as, pray dear, uh, dear creature are upon my word. After being done with the six novels in a matter of two months, that was one of my greatest achievements as a reader, if there is such a thing. This amazingly makes me so close to the writer's thoughts. Upon reading the author's note, it shows that Jane Austen had no idea how her works will be acknowledged for a hundred years and many more generations. She mentioned that it was written 13 years ago before the book was published and many things would have changed since then. She was concerned that people might judge her writing because it might not be up to date. She was after the approval of other people because it was her first work, I guess. She did not know that people will still read her books even after hundreds of years. She didn't know that, that it will be adopted as a movie. There are no more copyright issues with this works, I guess, but that does not mean that one can claim the work of Jane Austen just like that. The story of North Inger Abbey is about Catherine Moreland. Main setting is in Bath, England. Bath is also the place where Jane Austen spent most of her writing life. And after all the days I spent on her works, I too had fallen in love with Bath. Catherine was 17 years old when this story started and she was pursued by John Thorpe and Henry Tilney. North Inger Abbey is the place where she was invited where Henry Tilney and her sister Eleanor lives with their father named General Tilney. The ending was satisfying. It was as if bidding goodbye to Jane Austen, and I am happy that this was my last read among her six novelists. Number four, Mansfield Park. Mansfield Park is my third listened audiobook from Jane Austen on LibriVox. LibriVox is a site where audiobooks are free. Still, a masterpiece of pure, rich, great Britain society. Fanny Price is the leading character in this story and we follow her journey from when she was 10 years old. I was waiting for her story to unfold and was slightly disappointed that it was on the second part of the book that her story started. I was waiting for the love plot for the man of her life to enter the story and the conflict to arise. As with all brilliance from the writer, 
I was amazed that my disappointments on the waiting portion on its first part surmised while I was in the last few chapters. I think this one took me a long time to finish. Every chapter was like a long and cliffhanger. Some parts are filled with letters and stories. Other parts, I thought I was listening, but I think I dozed off in between. Mansfield Park as a story is unique. I don't know why it's unique to me and why writers haven't copied this concept of love or maybe I haven't read stories like this. However, I could say that this story is not as popular as Pride and Prejudice. I did not hear about Mansfield Park while I was in school. Very underrated. Or maybe this book is never advocated because of the marrying of cousins. In a generation, marrying one's cousin is like an incest. I cannot imagine one of my nephew and niece getting together in a matrimony. I think the message it left me was simple. Be attentive of people's intention. It was a thing that saved Fanny Price in marrying Crawford. I almost thought that she would end up with him. Thankfully, she's stubborn, madly stubborn. If she had listened to everyone and was persuaded that it would be advantageous to marry someone because of connections, money, and charm, she would have ended up miserable. The movie adaptation of Mansfield Park 1999 had a different story. They did not dwell on the fact that Fanny and Edmund are cousins. It's something I can't get over with, but I have to understand that the year was 1806. No one should judge Mansfield Park by Jane Austen through movies. In the movie, Fanny Price was a different person. She was supposed to be shy, poor, and quite stubborn. I also am confused. There's a scene where she agreed to marry Mr. Crawford because I cannot recall that part in any of the book. As in all movie adaptations, it is a waste of time, really, to dwell on the differences. One must accept and not faint. Number three, Pride and Prejudice. The most loved and most popular book of Jane Austen. The first book that I read and the reason why I read the rest of her works. I watched first the movie on this, the one where Kara Knightley was portraying the role of Elizabeth Bennet. Because I liked the movie, I did not stop there and read the book and then shifted to audiobook form. They say that Elizabeth Bennet is the character closest to the true personality of Jane Austen. Anyways, I think this story has a typical prince and pauper plot. I believe that the reason why this was the most loved book of all seasons was due to its exquisite storytelling technique and that Mr. Darcy was the one guy we all wished we could have. I have not much anything more to say to this novel because as Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory puts it, he could not find a flaw in the book because the one got too much pride, the other one many prejudices. It was perfect. Number 
number two on my list is Emma. Emma was the second to the last book that I have read from the author, and I am excited to tell you that there is a movie that just recently came out, and I watched the trailer, and it's exciting. I am amazed at how different this book is from the rest. There was a time somewhere in a blog, I guess, I read that Emma did not marry, and I believed that, so I was not excited on reading or starting even on the story, because I know that it would just be tragic that she'll never get married. At first, it was all information in the book. The family, the different characters, the introduction of one and the other. Then, as the story progresses, the matchmaking of characters progressed too. I thought I would not love Emma because that is what Jane Austen wrote in the beginning. Yet, among all the heroine in all the books that she had written, Emma is by far my favorite. She's outstanding because her progression as a character in the book and as a lady, as a friend, is perfectly captured in words by Jane Austen. The story was perfected with the subplots of Jane Fairfax. I love the presence of an object of insecurity of the main character because it makes her human. Some heroine in books are written in delicacy and of preference to the protagonist, but Jane Austen knew her characters so well that he felt real. I do not expect the twists as well, like I did not thought of them at all. I might have been passive in expecting that Emma would declare to disagree every guy. But Mr. Knightley came into the picture. Oh, how beautiful is their friendship and how I teared on the last part. In the end, I was hoping that the movie adaptation would not ruin my idea. Indeed, I was glad that the 1996 adaptation was great and well portrayed by Gwyneth Paltrow. And it was swift two-hour movie, yet it captured the highlight of the story. The audiobook lasted for about 15 hours, yet the two hours of the movie version did not fail to make me cry as well. Number one is Persuasion. Persuasion is the last book written by Jane Austen. The maturity in her writing does resonates in this book. I thought in the story, the main character and Elliot would never marry. It was because the synopsis looks like it. Anne is not supposed to marry. I thought maybe this is one of the story where the character is going to be hopeless in the end. I was firm with my prejudice that at 27 years old, she can never marry. Boy, was I wrong, because Captain Wentworth came into the rescue, the man that Anne have loved for years before the novel had started. He comes back dignified, and he never stopped loving Anne. In Persuasion, I saw the heroine with the character of consistency, patience, and fairness. One thing I loved about the book among all the six. The love story was all suspense. 
That is if they are not going to be together in the end. I was certain it was not a happy ending for the both of them, yet Jane Austen magically let the flow of making it happen so smooth. Sad to say that she did not live that long to see this masterpiece of her be published. So that was my list. I know that Jane Austen readers also have their most favorite to the least favorite book. This podcast honors the writer. There is no better word to describe her than genius. A genius is someone who can make something so common be authentically amazing. For others who are not a fan, why are you here? I understand that some thinks that Jane Austen's work sounds ordinary and plain for them. Maybe they have a different taste and would enjoy other genres, so let's respect that. As for me, Jane Austen left a legacy back to the Regency period. She left us a snapshot of her time. The readability of her novels with complete control over her characters makes her work her own. She always makes sure that the natural good and morally reform will triumph in the end. Finally, I want to quote her words to close this podcast. No, I must keep my own style and go in my own way. And though I may never succeed again in that, I am convinced that I should fail in any other. Quote, end quote. Thank you.